Uh, here we go. In three, two. Hello, and welcome to After Things. I'm Adrian Mean, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Mr. Brian Brushwood? Yeah, uh, uh, yes, yes. Sorry, i my teleprompter. I'm reading it here. No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Bryce Castillo. Good to see you, Bryce. Thank you for having me on your program. Hey, boop. I'm very glad I you love do this. Programs. ended up doing robot voice instead of <laughs> the other thing I was going to do. Well, you see, this is what happens, Bryce, when I get <laughs> introed in the middle of eating my granola bar. Mm. Uh-oh. should have just said no. I would have waited a minute. Yeah, he did ask you no, if you I'm were ready. professional, Bryce. I don't bring my petty this problems on air in this front of everybody yeah. else. Yeah, that's, this is a, this, what, remember, <laughs> remember when Walter Cronkite started yelling at his line producer for beginning while he was eating his porridge? <laughs> Wait a few minutes. Oh, I, I'm trying to eat this porridge, Doug. I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I'm like, not going to like, bring I'm my like, petty things on air. What does that mean to play us out? <laughs> Right, uh, Why well, did I count you in? And we'll just start again. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. This is gold, though. I think we should leave it. In. <laughs> I think the people want this. The yeah, Patreons want. They, they, Screw they, it. Let's they, not count it in. We're right. starting. We're already going. Yeah, this but, is the first we few should minutes. Count it in, but leave everything that happened before. Let's then. just all count together. All right. Three, two, two one. And oh, he slapped. Okay. He's he has another so snack. <laughs> He has another what? snack. Now he's Slapping got a the Slim Jim. gym. There's so many snacks. He's going to the Sim Gym. That's, that's where you watch. Oh, it's the chef's cut. Oh, wow. Did Gordon oh, Ramsay now he's, cho- oh, he's choking yeah. on oh, the chef's yes. cut. Oh, yes, he's coughing. Choking he's on drinking the chef's the water. cut. He's like a former president of the United States, man. Yeah, we should leave this in now that I This is now being left in for sure. Oh, my God. If he has another snack, I swear to God. He brings up those crinkly sun chips. Yeah. He, he, he Big take, bag of Doritos. He takes a full, a full cake, cuts out one slice, and eats the rest of the cake. Unfoiling a hot baked potato. <laughs> I was way back in the day uh, when I was doing a, the magic radio show. And my buddy, uh, Jeff Ruttenberg, a great magician, really talented guy. He was my co-host on this. And Jeff, I just says, I said, yeah, we're going to record an ep- like the first episode we're going to record. And he's like, oh, what should I bring? I'm like, oh, you know, uh, potato chips in aluminum bags, all anything, you know, radio food, you know, <laughs> he shows up with no potato way. chips and all the things. I'm like, oh, Jeff, what do all these things have in common? They all make noise. You said radio food. I'm like, yeah, I'm at like quiet stuff. Yeah. Live he brings this, he brings <laughs> the fajitas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sizzling. What kind of fajitas are you eating? <laughs> they're they're, they're demonic, the they're demonic fajitas. <laughs> That's how you know. Kill them all, Bryce. Kill them all. Look, <laughs> it's good. It's good food. Send them to us. It's good mood food. Good mood food. Uh, hey so, man, what's up with uh, work? <laughs> the so work I got a topic of creative for you. professionals. Yes, what's up, Andrew? Justin and I have been running the Magic News blog iTricks mm-hmm. for. 
Fifth, is this now 15 years? Would it be the 15th year Good that this thing? Good gracious. Holy yeah, cow, yeah, probably. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we, uh, uh, for the last several years, Michael Locke, Locke has been running it for us, and Michael's been fantastic, and, and he's now moving more into writing in his own novels, and congratulations to Michael on that. And we're at the point, like, trying to figure out, what do we do next? Yeah. What do we do with this? We have iTrix. We have a pretty good, you know, there's, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but a lot of people use it for magic news and stuff. And, you know, Justin's, you know, moved on to politics and podcasting and chart-topping hits. I I had to move to a field that had less drama, so I went from (laughs) magic to politics. Let me ask you, since you did that, uh, have you been threatened with lawsuits more or less times now? Far less. I have, I have, I have far less had people call me and uh, either threat physical or legal action against me since I moved into only talking about the fate of the free world as opposed to, you know, Las Vegas shows and uh, 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 various different magic things. I was doing. I had to go pull up a password. I did a search, and all of a sudden, I found like some email from like years ago, and it's like. You're gonna get sued. You know, was somebody upset because of some item that we linked to or whatever? And you know, and then, then uh, won't name names, but you know, one of our favorite magicians who's not—they it, literally—it's not David Copperfield. Be very clear on that. It's not David Blaine. No, but like, narrowing it down. One that called them up and says, "Like, I'm doing you guys a favor." One of their people is called. I'm gonna do you guys a favor, but you're gonna get sued unless you change this. And we're like, you know, that's a threat. No, yeah. no, I'm not threatening you. Yeah. I'm telling you. Like, I'm no, you're setting delivering up a, a set of if-then circumstances, one of From which will result in yeah. you being yeah. sued, the other and, of which you're a cool guy. And the person who did that was well-intentioned, and we liked the person, but yeah. it was such a funny thing. Like, no, you are actually the person delivering the threat. You are yeah. the person telling us if we don't do the thing. Well, no, I'm trying to stop you from, like, you're telling us if we don't do this, your employer's going to just this. There is, uh, uh, I, I forget, I think, Andrew, you're the person that I heard it from. I forget where it originates, but uh, uh, the smaller the pie, the sharper the knives. And uh, uh, that, that was is, a Henry Kissinger. There Henry we go. Kissinger, yeah. So yeah, that is that is something that I very, very, very much understood uh, uh, throughout my my tenure with 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 iTrix, which uh, uh, you know was was certainly eye opening to to go from tangentially interested in magic as an art form to uh somebody that you know was was all of a sudden a, a person of interest with uh, uh magicians big and small and including really what what's what's fascinating about itrix and the, the experience of it is that a lot of the kids that were reading itrix are now like real players in 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 the world of magic real uh, criminals in yeah, jail in jail uh but but yeah now you know it's it's um you know, uh, I guess we could we could probably help uh, understand the future of iTricks by understanding the past. Uh, the original idea with it was you just wanting a place where you could help. Uh, 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 you know, you understood that there was a need for a a place where you could advertise your products. I had a experience in blogging and and journalism, and it seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah, it was. The motivations were, there were only like, there were three magazines where you could advertise magic in, and there was a lot of overlap between readers. 
and trying to, in one with kind of the bigger magazine, to get an ad, you had to place an ad like four months out or something. And they would, they were like, hey, we're out of ad space. Sorry, sucks for you. And it was hard. And it was hard to plan around that. And also, sometimes you would get a good return, sometimes not. And I was like, you know, for what I would spend per month on advertising, what if I just paid for blog a blogger to do a magic news blog site? And, th and then maybe I could, then I could, use the banners to advertise my stuff. Um, never editorial, never mention, never go into products, never promote, put my own products out there in the editorial, which was funny because uh, one, other people saw, a lot of people who saw iTrix had no idea that that I was the the producer of this because it wasn't promoting me. Yeah. It wasn't there like out there doing it. And that was, you know, the, the strength of bringing in somebody like Justin, who's got strong, you know, integrity about that. Um, and you know, a funny thing too is like if we we would when we did product reviews, you know, our policy would be like you'd have to return the product or whatever like this because we get people like, and that was confusing because in Magic nobody ever did that. Magic people who reviewed stuff for Magic magazines would keep it and later on sell it and stuff, which was unethical. Um, and we're this tiny little blog, but was trying to do things as ethically as we could. Uh, it was a very, but you know, yeah, it worked out well. Cause then I could advertise my stuff. Then we were able to sell out in, the, in our peak years, we were doing really good ad revenue with mm -hmm. it. And it was a neat, you know, a neat thing, but that's one of these things you could take an opportunity. You could take a problem, turn it into an opportunity. The problem, uh, I can't, you know, hard to get advertising, hard to advertise a magic product in a magic magazine. What's the solution? Take that money and spend it on another, create a new platform for advertising. Yeah. Which we did. Yeah, uh, and and it went really well. I mean, look, uh, uh, iTrix is the reason why I know Brian. Uh, yep. uh, I I remember very well. I was uh, in in my kitchen with uh, my 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 then roommate uh, uh, Chris Burney, and he was a big fan of Dignation. And uh, he was like, "Hey, man, he has he has a very sedate way of of, of talking." And he's like, "There's a magic thing on Revision 3. And I was like, oh, really? And immediately I was just like, well, cool. There's one of my four posts uh, done for the day. Yeah. Thank you, Bernie. Uh, uh, but yeah, that was that was the first uh, the first time that I ever uh, talked to Brian. And as it turned out, the value of iTrix being a magic blog was almost immediately uh, uh, apparent, right? Oh, because well, of the whole uh, uh, Garcia thing. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I was about to say, like, uh, uh, it, it ended up being uh, more than just one of your four posts for the day, because immediately a controversy <laughs> erupted, and then it's like you got to do the follow up of of uh, uh, again my favorite phrase. They are both king uh, viceroys in the kingdom of awesome. So yeah, the 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 controversy was that was it the first episode of Scam yeah. School ever? So yeah. the first episode of Scam School ever has Brian teaching a trick. That trick was commercially available uh, at the time uh, by Danny Garcia, who is a friend of yours. Right. And there was message board uh, the uh, static about, oh, my God, this guy just gave away this thing that is available, uh, uh, you know, for cost. Uh, what a scumbag. He's ripping this thing off. So people are sending me stuff because I am. Again, the nexus of all drama where, you know, uh, all of a sudden it's in the comments. People are sending it to me. Uh, and I did a thing that I don't know if Beyond iTrix has maybe ever been done in, in, in the, the world in magic. the world of magic yeah. uh, or magic quote unquote journalism, which is I emailed the sources that were involved <laughs> in the story and said, hey, guys, what's up with this? Because I had a relationship with Danny. With Danny. I, I had uh, just met you or I had just written about you. And so I was like, Hey, I'll just 
do what a reporter does and ask for comment. Uh, and sure enough, it was a very simple story. Both sources confirmed it. That it's like, oh no, Brian taught that to Danny, and and it's like a hundred year old trick. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 Danny made a very good presentation for it, which uh, for which he deserves to be compensated. And end of. Story. Also, I think for the if, if now that we're talking about it, if memory serves correctly, it might have also not even been available by the time that uh, that, oh. that that had happened, mostly because, because while, while it is a harmless trick, right. there are some trace elements of maybe children should not be doing this for which the, 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 the place that was selling it was certainly at a very younger demo as magic tricks tend to have. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, no, that was a. Uh, uh, you know, I think it was it was a real perfect melding of like Andrew's uh, uh, need as as a creator to be like, hey, I would like a place where it's easy uh, and and develops a bit of a younger crowd uh, on a site that looks good. It was you know certainly the uh, uh, maybe the the peak of 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 the blogging revolution uh, is where where a lot of the money and certainly the beginning of the podcasting uh, boom as as we know it now uh but yeah i guess so so if we're going to look at it from from that idea where it started uh now where where does it where does it go now that now that yeah. michael Locke is is uh, uh moved on to greener pastures do we advertise for somebody else to write it is is uh uh, uh the the market need for a a magic blog what it once was i don't know i don't know yeah it's it's and i will just to sort of kind of tout what we, we did there too is the way we handled it editorial wise. <clears throat> we are, there are some people in magic who are super cool. There are some people who maybe don't know how to interact with other people or mm -hmm. whatever. And there are some people who can be, you wouldn't know who we hated. I know we no. hate anybody, but who we thought were like, just not, Difficult. not nice people. Yeah, you wouldn't know you wouldn't know that by reading it because we never we never had an axe to grind, and there were some people that really frustrated us. But we never used eye tricks to take that out. You would never, and like I said, there were people who had I had issues with or had been you know mean to me or whatever, and you would never know whether coverage was always fair, was always this because it was just that was the right thing. And then you know, and also you know, we had a couple times where people were like upset because you know they didn't like they thought we're the tiny little blog, and we had people like threaten, oh, we're going to sue you over something, and we were. Uh, our attitude is like, you know, come at us, you know, cool. we're straightforward. Yeah. We're straight shooters. And like my attitude is like, I will live out of, I'll live out of my car before I will agree to, I'll let a bully push us anywhere. And Justin was on the same. Oh yeah. Team. He would have lived in a different car, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, I tricks, I think at its peak was a very, very, very vital part of the online magic community and and it was unique in that uh, and this is I, I don't know if there have been many in fact i might be the only person for whom has come in without a desire to be a performing magician and wanted to cover the industry uh in general it's people who like to write that are also magicians that are covering it and the mark of success be you reviewing products or be you a, a, a blogger is that once you have reached a certain power position, the way you know you have a power position is that you can rip people. 
there is very much a culture of like, okay, you know, these guys are good because they're ripping people because they're saying that a trick isn't just bad. It's a rip off and everybody involved in it should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, and that's not anything that we ever really had a, a, a desire to do because I have no desire to gain status in the world of magic. I mean, if anything, the coolest thing about iTricks was meeting, I've, like, there are a bunch of really rad people in the world of magic. And I feel like I met all of them. <laughs> I feel like, I, feel like I, I, I have made some of my best friends in that industry and it was uh, uh, it was really really cool, but there is no time where I was like cool, and now I can parlay that into. Uh, I mean, I think the only thing I've ever done in the world of magic was uh, uh, come up with the idea of the all set up magician with Brian and have Andrew egg us on into performing it. Like that's that is the that is the furthest I feel like I will ever go in the world of magic. Uh, I, I I I'd like to see a Vegas strip show of, of the, of the all set up magician. Yeah. Do you think I could push it further? Yeah. Strip. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I right. was thinking uh. the other one. Or you put it out as a filmmaking technique and it's the JJ Abrams mystery box. Yeah, there we go. Right. Yeah. That's, that's my new Ted talk. Yeah. Uh, it, but it was, yeah, it was a very interesting experience. And I think that, uh, for, we were able to put this thing, the thing came together kind of quickly. We, we assumed when we started that back in 2006, that any day now, some other big magic blog, the magic magazines or somebody else was going to come out with another magic blog and we we're going to have big competition. And I've out of touch now. I have no idea, but we went a decade, a decade because we'd get people who wanted to try to do it, but then to try to keep up with the pace that Justin did, you know, the four posts per day, the regularity, to use it for the right way, to not make it a mouthpiece for us, whatever, was hard. And so you get people who would start and might try, and then they gave up. Yeah. And then, you know, we kept it going for you know, 10 how, years. How, how much of that would you attribute to the lucky timing of the early days of Twitter where you could just follow all the magicians before anybody, you know, treated every tweet as a press release? Uh, I, I, I dealt very little with Twitter in my in my tenure nobody with, was with on I twitter tricks. back then yeah 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 no i i i ran i tricks with google news alerts and uh uh google uh rss that was those were the ways so it was me wading through a lot of orlando magic uh recaps <laughs> uh a lot of uh, you know, uh, 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 dumb chum articles about the various magicians for which I had, uh, name alerts, uh, for, and then a few blogs that, or, or personal sites, or, um, I would follow, of course, all the Las Vegas, um, magazines and stuff like, or, uh, newspapers because they would more regularly kind of cover the business elements of stuff like that. But that's, that's how I ran it was, was through that. And then periodically, you know, you, you, uh, have various YouTube stuff, but even, I mean, remember at that point, YouTube was still really in its infancy. I mean, right. like, uh, uh, Twitter, Twitter was certainly not, uh, Twitter was a year later, South by South when it had its big launch. Yeah. The, yeah, I guess. Yeah. We started pre Twitter. So Jesus, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that was, that was that. And really it came from, I think, if you write every day as I had coming out of school uh, for the newspaper, you just develop a, 
you know, a, a time to make the donuts kind of work ethic that not a lot of people have, man. Like it, 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 it sucks sometimes to know that like, I don't have it in me and there ain't no news, but four posts got to go up. So we're just going to tighten our cheeks and squeeze four out just because at the end of the day, people want to read something. They need something and they want to read about magic. And even if it's not a great news day, they will still be happy that it, it, it was there for them. Uh, and, and that's, you know, it taught me a lot, uh, about what audience expectations were, you know, and, and I say this all the time with podcasting because podcasting is a similar grinding work ethic, although not quite on, on the daily basis. Uh, but when you have an audience and they are expecting something every day, if you don't show up for them, it might not be this dramatic, but it is in the same family. You are standing them up for a date. You have a standing offer to meet them. And if you don't put it up, then that is, you know, uh, uh, that is, that is a, a, a fracture, a little, a little, a little crack. It's, it's interesting to think about how there's the job you want and then what the work is. And for Justin, you know, like he talks about the grind of having to every, follow the news, keep the news. Cause a lot of times you think of our reporting is going to be like, I'm going to be interviewing this person or doing this. And it's like, literally it's like trying to get about those posts per day. And like Brian, I'd say that like your job's video production. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and and on the outside, people go, oh, you're going to go do this. They're like, no, like the real job is real jobs, this and like, you know, like what I do, uh, you know, as a writer, whether it's with, let's say my own writer, open AI, like my world's a word document. Yeah. You know, and that's what I get to do. And like, oh, the fun of it to do this stuff. Like, yeah, but most of it's sitting in front of a screen going, how do I phrase this either for a book or for a press release or something? And it is very. It's interesting when you think you want to do a thing, try to understand what the work is. Like if you want to, you see people who play, you know, play professional sports. Like I remember when I wanted to be a swimmer and I got asked to try out for a, a swim team in South Florida and I showed up at practice and I'm going to sound like the stupidest person in the world. Okay. And I found out swim practice was just swimming a bunch of laps. <laughs> there was no, no other exercises. No, no other little things, no activities. Some of that, but it was like, all right, go in this lane, and for an hour, just go back and forth like a dumb porpoise. Keep, keep, keep going. Now, don't use your hands. Now, do use your hands. Now, People make like, your yeah, hands yeah. into fists. And wait until I tell you about track. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's often you got to know. And if you're like, I just love to swim. That's perfect. You know, like, and you have to think of like, what is the real job? What is the real work? If you're when I was an illusionist and I would do like performing on ships and other places, my job was logistics. My job was getting, you know, a ton of equipment from here to Aruba, from here to Puerto Rico. That yeah. was the performing part was a very, very small, tiny part of it. The real work was trying to put these things, take these things apart, build these things up, go in there, figure this stuff out. And it was just all the logistics side of that. But sometimes, you know, you find out that if you have it, if you like it and you're good at it, um, you know, we know a person who does a lot of that for a famous magician who that person gets sought out by like professional sports teams. Cause they want, yeah. cause a professional sports team, you're like, Oh, Hey, they're performing, you know, Hey, they're performing in Houston tonight. How'd they get there? 
how is all the yeah. how are all their uniforms there? How's all this there? Somebody made that magic happen. And there's a lot of times there's a lot there's a real interesting world out there. Yeah, I mean, oh, Brian and I have talked about you know when I was at the Go Game and he was traveling for the Magic Show that that the real job is waking up and getting on the flight. Like like the the, the job is making sure that you can pack down to only carry ons so you can make sure that the things you absolutely need will not get caught up in uh, uh caught up in baggage like right. that. That's when you have to wake up at three o'clock to drive the hour in the snow from Ann Arbor to, to, to the Detroit airport, uh, because that's the only flight that really makes sense for you to get back. That's your actual job. Like the, the, the performing is what it is. Free basically. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, being a director, you know, oh, I want to be on a set. I want to be a director. Okay. The director's job being on set, doing stuff like that. That's 5% of what a director on TV. It's different in TV. You have a, but like film, you spend you might spend a year or so in this in meetings and stuff and the actual amount of time you spend there yelling action and cut very tiny compared to being in an office talking to departments going on the phone going over there looking at spreadsheets looking at this stuff and that's hard a lot of people they go into stuff like like for me i wanted to be a performer i'm like oh, i like to be on stage and i like to perform and then i realized well yeah but then you're going to spend 6 days not performing if you're in a good good like a good ship or wherever at a resort and then also you're going to have to say the same thing every day for the next five years, which just drove me nuts. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, that's, that's a part that, that I, I guess I got off that train just in time because I, I had heard that it drove some people batty, but for me, it's like, it was always a chance to be just a little bit more polished every single time. Uh, uh, the gra that Groundhog Day existence, like one of these, is going to be flat out the very best show I've ever done. I, for me, I it hit me at like at 22 when I was in Japan and I was doing a show minimum twice a day, sometimes four times a day, and so you know, doing in the span of 180 days, did something like 500 shows. Uh, that's <laughs> like, you know. That was the end of it. You know, it had to be the same routine, the same thing. Like I hear, like there, is, and that's why musicians are great. Like a musician, the beautiful thing about being a musician, if you love your music, is you know, like tomorrow, you know, I'm at Billy Joel's. Like tomorrow, at the concert, I'm gonna try to do just come in a little earlier. I'm gonna come in and do that, and that that makes that's what makes for a great performer is to find that. For me, I just sort of it was that, that after the 500th show. Like, <laughs> that's, a that's a wrap. That's a wrap. So, uh, do you guys have a, a read on on the the future of Itrix, or or is it too well, Brian, too too certain to say? Brian, how do you feel about blogging? We want to know. If we <laughs> we're looking. Yeah, we we got some eye on some top talent. Uh, yeah. I I could hire somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll figure out next steps. You know, part of it is we could just say, hey, it's been a fun run, but part of it, you know, we we kind of maybe try to take a look out to see if there's somebody out there who wants to write and wants to do that. If, if we found somebody, we, we don't care as much about it making money as much as continuing doing, serving a purpose, like helping the magic community. And if there's somebody out there that says, Hey, I want to do this, then, you know, I'd be happy to pay out of pocket and make something happen to just keep serving the community with magic news. Yeah. I, but, mean, I, I think that that's, that, that is, uh, I was very, very happy to find Michael, uh, to, to take over when I, when I, you know, did not have it in me anymore to, to kind of do that grind. Uh, but 
I do think that it it matters a lot. It it does matter a lot in a in an industry that can very much be at its worst, backbitey, but at its best, uh, deserves to be celebrated. And and you know, at the time that I was doing it, it was really, really, really cool to watch people get television opportunities and and watch uh, uh, shows continue to expand. And there's a lot of positive things that that are happening right now in the magic world. And I think that oftentimes. If all you do is pay attention to the the kind of interactions, the very small interactions with between magicians, drama winds up getting elevated, uh, personal feelings wind up getting uh, elevated, and and I think for people who actually want to take it as a serious art, as something that is a professional art for a lot of people, either to follow it or if people want to follow in the footsteps of of giants, it it is it's it's hard if you don't have a kind of North star and, and that's what I was, I was very proud that iTrix um, has always been. And if somebody else who's listening to this right now wants to try their hand at it, uh, uh, you know, trust me, it, it's going to make you a better writer. It's going to make you a better researcher and it's going to make you, uh, you know, I, I think if you are interested in magic, uh, somebody that, that uh, you'll have every magician's <laughs> email address, <laughs> no matter how big or I- how small, I'll guarantee you that after, after three years. And, and that point too, like iTrick sort of also, it kind of served as a way for me to kind of be aware of everything that was going on in like the world of magic and television. And so when I would go pitch, I knew, oh yeah, somebody already pitched Fox. They pitched this thing. Don't step on what they're doing, do something different or go do this. And that was helpful. That was like, it was as an intelligence gathering organization, there's nothing like running your own you know news organization to sort of know everything that's going on. And that was fascinating because we had, we eventually had people from uh, like Vegas bloggers would go to us to ask us like new, like journalists and stuff would ask us about things Yeah, because, you know, basically Justin had his hands and everything. So that was the other side of it was like, Oh wow, I know this, you know, I know, who, I know what everybody's up to in magic. I know what everybody's up to and what's going on where Just a neat benefit. Yeah. So there you go, folks. If, you, if you're listening to this and you have an interest then uh, hit us up. If you think of somebody, you know, you know, yeah. think of somebody who, you know, can find somebody. <laughs> I take it over. It's like today's headline, Brian Brushwood, still awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scam stuff brought to you by. You know, it is funny yeah. because that was one thing that we always resisted, uh, which was to merge kind of Andrew's uh, personal trick creation brand with with iTricks and there were some people that we would talk to and they were baffled by it. They couldn't understand. It's like, wait, you guys get at what traffic and everybody knows your name and you're not selling the iTricks tricks. You're not selling like, like iTricks branded products. You're not just buying trick decks and, and selling them on the iTricks store. Like, why are you so stupid? Why wouldn't you do that? And it was like, because then we're going to be in a situation, A, we're going to be in a situation where we're competing with our advertisers, which is not necessarily what we wanted to do because we, for, first and foremost, wanted to be an advertising brand. But also it's like, then someone's going to hate our trick and it's going to taint the idea of the blog. It's going to taint the idea because a trick can be something that somebody thinks is their trick. And it's like, well, I do this thing, but with a a chrome thimble as opposed to a black one. So like now I hate your entire site. Now your entire idea, the, everything that you've ever written is, 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 is tainted, which it just shows you how myopic, uh, you know, magic can kind of be. If anybody's getting any kind of attention, sell, sell a 
stripper deck immediately. Yeah. And what we did too is uh, our attitude was when we did reviews, like we'd only talk about if somebody had a review, like I said, if you like it, review it, promote it. Otherwise, don't trash it. And also, we're not going to be we're not going to be a little tiny in club. Anybody can be a member. Anybody can be part of the fun. We're not going to have we're not going to pick winners and losers. We're not going to have outsiders. Anybody wants to be part of it. We just want to be inclusive because there was already so much of that in magic. There's already so much of that. Well, this group here or those people. I'm like, we're all nerd outsiders. Yes. You know, and let's just make a place where everybody feels welcome. That's what we've done with weird things, too, is we created weird things with the idea of like, hey, if you believe in UFOs, cool. We'd love to talk, not yeah. to try to talk you out of it, but we'd like to talk about UFOs because they're cool. We wanted to create a place where, you know, these things that these weird stuff is celebrated and we're critical thinkers about it, but we don't want anybody to feel excluded from it. Yeah. And with, you know, with iTrix, it was like, yeah, let's create, let's, let's not try to be, oh, we're going to be the cool kids and be exclusive. Like, no, like you're in a forum. Cool. Glad to meet you. Right. We do picks. Let's pick. Let's pick. Uh, I, I, I guess uh, I'll double down on book of Boba Fett. Um, I'm going to keep watching. I have to. Yeah. That's that's a ringing endorsement. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, so is back. Are you a euphoria guy? Where, 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 where a euphoria household. Uh, um, I wouldn't recommend watching it. If you have Brian, you're not allowed to watch it. Right. I forbid you from watching it. I've heard. Uh, so if I ever hear tale of you watching this, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to slap that euphoria right out of your hands. Got it. Uh, uh, but, uh, for folks who don't have teenage or tween girls, then, then, uh, uh, it, it is a very, very stylized, almost reefer madness level hysteria of teens gone wrong, uh, and every possible thing that, uh, uh, has, has. Uh, bedeviled our modern society. Um, I don't quite know if it has much to say, but I sure know it likes saying it. <laughs> uh, it's very stylized. <laughs> Zendaya is is a very compelling lead, uh, and uh, uh, the the cast is good. Uh, boy, is it walking oh. out of the concert and you're like, looks like. You guys had a lot of fun up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, like you you get to the end and you're like, damn, this is an incredibly well made show. Like, there's no way to deny that. Like, it is just an insane uh, uh, spectacle, and the characters are likable, and they're in high school, but they all look 25, which is very good because half of them are naked and having sex at all times. But like, uh, uh, boy, I don't really know exactly what. The point is, except to say, these screwed up kids. Uh, I uh, here I get I get a pick. If you if if someone's listening to this and maybe they want to get interested in writing, um, we we've talked about it before, but uh, Substack is a great way to just roll mm -hmm. roll a blog for free. Um, you know, when I started doing the Marble stuff uh, last year, um, I uh, used a Substack so that I had a, had a mailing list. Um, but then I ended up folding that also in like I had a part of the website that was like news and I would put news things there. And um, that ended up being a lot of 
the exact same thing that was on the email list. So that web page got deleted. Um, and uh, that's the interesting thing about Substack is that it is an email list, but it's also like it is a blog. Like your posts get archived, they get stayed there, you can update them. Um, and I think that's that's some of the secret sauce with Substack. So if you're interested in writing and you got something you you are interested in writing about, um, check out Substack. It's it's an easy way to do it. Um, and it's it kind of feels like the free WordPress website of of 2020. Very much so. And when you think about what a blog was and why it mattered, you know, back when we, you know, uh, and this is like at the point that Gawker's making a ton of money, BuzzFeed's just starting, like uh, the internet was smaller. Right. It was easier to kind of go to these little destinations and find exactly what you wanted. I think also had still, more- that, 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 that still exists for um, niche things where you're going to, crawl over glass to get the information but uh the modern blog i think is good old-fashioned email man uh, 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 boy boy does it keep on trucking that email i love it especially you know after the past you know what, 10 or 15 years of rss um being kind of pushed into the quiet dark corner of the internet yeah and being pushed aside for other other ways of reaching people. So I don't know. I I, I think uh, check out Substack. You could you could do worse for free. Yeah, Andrew, you got. I love. Oh. Yeah, I love. I'll just reinforce too. What I love Substack because like Medium drives me nuts. Medium drives me nuts sometimes. Like trying to copy paste like code examples from there is frustrating. And Medium sometimes you get. I finally had to pay for the wall, which I frustrated. But like Substack, I love because way more beneficial to the writers if they want to sell their stuff. So big fan on that. My pick is I have not watched the latest episode out tonight, but I went and rewatched season one of Righteous Gemstones. Guess what? Holds up. Still good. Yeah. I watched there two episodes are live. Two I episodes. watched the first one. Um, and I'm excited to see the second one because I'm I, I suspect that there's a reason why they released uh both of them at the same time. I know that uh they were in the process of shooting this season before the pandemic i know that they were they were shooting while i was in south carolina for the primary they then obviously took a hiatus uh uh you know because the the, the pandemic shut everything down and then they've shut they've shot a bunch of stuff so i don't know how much of this is kind of matching stuff i know that there's a few touches that kind of allude to the fact that this season takes place in a post-pandemic world but not anything super uh uh intense but uh uh i'm I'm excited to see the second episode, but I'm just glad that these characters are back in my life because they're, I love them so much. They're all so brilliantly acted, and and it's often easy easy for like Edie Patterson to forget that's an actress playing that you know like Judy Ken Gemstone. in Succession, yeah, yeah, like Ken in Succession, where you're like, oh, this guy's the worst, dude. It's like strong, like you're like, no, he's a brilliant actor, and then her, it's like she just does it. You just go back and you just start to really appreciate just how talented everybody is in that um so uh very much and then maybe you go i never watched eastbound and down so i went and watched eastbound and down oh wow what'd you think i really liked it it it, it is a uh danny mcbride i think is super talented and in, in some some like I, I couldn't get into vice principles because i didn't think there i didn't think there was anything likable about that character uh in in eastbound and down little you have to sort of work for it to sort of find that is there you do there is a center to him there is a point yes. where you realize that he has that and you realize oh, okay cool you know and then 
once I grasped that, I really enjoyed the show. Thoroughly enjoyed Eastbound and Down. So, um, Danny McBride. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, Eastbound and Down and Gemstones kind of fall into a similar genre of like, you know, Eastbound and Down was based on the archetype of John Rocker, the, the you know, flamboyant, uh, uh, you know, baseball save guy who, uh, or baseball reliever save guy, uh, baseball reliever who like gave a, very inflammatory uh, interview about being on the New York subway and all the colorful things and people that you see while being on the New York subway. So that was like a takeoff of that with the idea being like, well, does this guy have a, like, he's very arrogant. He's very flamboyant. Does how, what is inside? And I think that it's a similar idea with, with the mega church preacher family of, of the gemstones where it's like, Yes, there is a ton of artifice. Yes, everything that if you want to criticize them or love them, that's there. But what is inside? And what I love about the gemstones is that it never really takes away either argument. Like, uh, uh, yes, they are uh, venal, <laughs> vain, argumentative uh, uh, people. Filled with wretched excess. and Exactly. But also they are, they do believe on some level that this is a job and it's important that they go out there and do this job. They never take away the idea. It's not, they, they don't ever have this moment of snickering, like secret atheism sort of uh, yeah. element. And I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I like that. That's what I liked about Gemstones too, is that it's a, they treat them as if they're sincere, that their Christianity is is real. And 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 uh, even though I'm a non-believer, I respect that. I watched recently The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which mm. was the movie based upon the documentary. And it was in about Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker. And it was interesting because like they, they tried to do that there, but it was, it was a bit of a back and forth sort of herky-jerky sort of thing. But like Gemstone's really dealing with the same thing and kind of people kind of influenced by that to a bit. I, I like the fact they respect the fact that these people are devout and they, they, they do, they do, they are Christian. They are Christians who are very much into wealth and yeah. these other flaws, but, um, you know, but there can be worse flaws that sometimes institutions of faith can have, but I, I respected that. And I'm sure that there's going to be in the long run where the story goes or the narrative goes that, you know, is you know, probably going to be impacted, but, but yeah, I did, I did like that, that it wasn't like, ah, you know, we're a secretly Ayn Rand reading, you know, libertarian atheists who don't believe anything. Like, no, they're, they're Christian people. Yeah. Who, you know, who came have from Christian failings yeah. and they're humans and, and, you know, they're trying to reach the broadest group possible and that has its own cause. And also Edie Patterson is just a, a murderer. I mean, the fact that she can yeah. get laughs at that level uh, uh, with Danny McBride and Adam Devine, who are two of the most like look at me, cartoony kind of performers there are, and she stands out like that. That she should have gotten an Emmy for that first season because that is yeah. that's about as hard as a degree of difficulty you can have in comedy. Yep. Oh, there you go. Righteous gemstones. Boom. Nice. Praise be. <laughs> Andrew's now holding his hand in in, in devotional. <laughs> uh. Say the thing. How, how's it been? It's been after. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>